Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of All by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today, we are talking about episode 19 of The Chronicles of Young Indiana Jones. Yeah. Winds of change. Things are, and, uh, this is a lot of change. Oh yeah, oh yeah. How mighty these winds of change are. <laughs> they're, they're, they're fucking gusts of change. Gusts, gusts, yes, and much-needed gusts as well. It was getting, it was getting tiresome. Yeah, and uh, and we've got a uh, a very a very different episode mm-hmm. of Young Indy. I would feel. I I feel like it hasn't felt like this since like the beginning of the show, like the very beginning. Yeah. Um, of like, of of Sean Patrick Flannery. Of, of, of his, like, the beginning of his section. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's because of the way that the war has impacted everything, and uh, and then that crazy adventure episode with Remy, you know, last time, really kind of was... Oh, yeah, this is this is such a crazy detour from that. Like, yeah. Like, it just, yeah. it doesn't even feel like they were connected at all. No, <laughs> it does no. not. It doesn't. It's like a totally different show, you know, like... I think that the writers probably differed, to be honest, and that's why it was so different. Um, yeah. But we also got, like, some incredible, like, real-life uh, drama going on in this episode that we just haven't seen in a really long time either. Yeah, and a lot, and a lot of history, too. Like, I kept looking stuff up because mm-hmm. I thought that this sounded familiar, and then I would look it up and it would be real, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I have, I have so many tabs open of just things that I was researching while I was watching this episode, because I yeah. just did this, like, the other day, and so all my tabs are still open with, like, everyone on it that I've been looking at, mm-hmm. so... Well, super informative. It's, it's great, and so Indy starts off, uh in the middle of a well it, first it starts off with a kind of overview of how the the war is uh, ended and how many people have died and uh, yeah like an advertisement or something mm-hmm. or like a news like a, a news, news reel. reel yeah saying that like the this is how the world is right now now that the world is that the, that the war is over yeah so uh indy is at uh, working as a translator uh, for the American government at the uh, Paris Peace Conference, which he's right yes. in the middle of one of the most historic um, conferences and uh, endings to a war ever. It's crazy. He's like, he's just right there next to the president, next to his cabinet, um, you know, and and with the president of France, too, and uh, some other special people. Yeah, so this 
because since this is like our the ending of the first world war, like nothing really like this had happened before, right? Like this is this was all very new. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it was there something like this at the end of World War Two as well? Or yes, I think that was in Geneva. Oh, okay. I could be wrong, but um, what I know from this uh, Paris Peace Conference, um, just just basically what I know about European history, because I took AP European history, but that was 10 years ago, so my brain kind of, like, doesn't remember all the specifics, but what I do remember is that they really screwed over the Germans, um in this peace talk in real life, and then that ended up totally biting them in the ass because that's how Hitler rose to power. Yeah, basically with how horrible the Germans were treated after the First World War. Mm-hmm. And, and which was crazy because we had also just watched uh, The Aftermath, which was after the Second World War, yeah. but it seemed seemed very similar. People still had a lot of hostility towards the Germans. Yeah, after that war as well. Well, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that was a you know yeah again. I, I was thinking about the aftermath after this because of the way that Germans, um, a lot of them were treated, but also the way that Germans like, I mean, they. They were, like, they did some terrible things, too, but it's not, you know, it's like the Second World War, I feel like the Germans did worse things than even the first one, but, you know, everybody just killed everybody. It was, it was a war. It was horrible, you know? Yeah, and I was, and I was trying to, because, yeah, because I, because I, I got to the part where the, the Germans had come in and, and they were talking about how, like, basically they had to take, they had to do, like, the they had to take all the guilt. Like, they had to be the ones mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that basically, they started the war. And then I was trying to, because I do not remember anything about the First World War. And I was trying to find, like, a brief summary about it. And it's, no, it's not brief. This is not brief. This is very complicated. Yeah, and, well, like, lots, you, lots of stuff happened. Do you remember <laughs> in that one episode where Indy was a spy, they were all talking about the different, like, what was going on? Like, they were like, and then Italy over here, and then France over here, and then remember they were like, they had the whole thing, we, we, maybe you should listen to that again, because that's how, because Indy was confused too, and then they were talking about it, and with all the other soldiers, do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. Well, it was last year, Emily, so, uh... (laughs) (laughs) It just leaves my mind immediately. (laughs) I hope not. So much stuff. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, and you know, this 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 wonderful show just flying under the radar like this for so long with us. I I just I tell I tell about it, talk about it to everybody, and they're just like, I've never heard of that before. I'm like, I know you wouldn't have heard about it, but you should watch it because it's a great show, and they spent over a million dollars in each episode, and you know, like. Um, I wish we'd watched this for, like, history class. Yeah, sure. It's fun. It's fun to see, especially, like, this, um, especially for this Paris Peace Conference, because uh, Indy is in in there. He is fighting along uh, with um, both sides and, and, and the, just many people. So I guess we could just kind of start from the beginning of what's going on. In yeah. This. Peace conference. Let's just get back to it because there's a lot going yeah. on, and and it's it was very dense in the beginning, and I was like trying to watch it, um, 
and like my roommates kept asking me questions because I watched it with them and I was like I don't know I don't know I don't know what's going on like I just kept watching it yeah yeah exactly (laughs) there was a lot of stuff happening and I had to keep like pausing it and rewinding it to just make sure I understood what all of what was happening because there was a ton of things happening in the first half of this yeah so we've got Indy's working as a translator for the American delegation Mm -hmm. (laughs) during the the peace conference. The three major uh, people are introduced to us in this, like, newsreel as um, the Prime Minister of um, England, David Lloyd George, and the Premier of France. um, Minister George Clemenceau. Clemenceau? And uh, the one? American president Woodrow Wilson. That's the that's what's going on. Like that's that's the major players in this piece, and we're introduced to them immediately. Yeah, on Wikipedia it says there was there was someone from Italy as well, but I don't think we got a guy from Italy in the indie episode specifically. I mean, uh, unless he just didn't really have any lines, but uh, it just seemed to be these three guys. Yeah, I don't recall. I don't remember in Italian. Yeah, I don't remember an Italian either. Okay. Um, but it's on the Wikipedia page. So there was a four. There was a fourth one. They were called the Big Four. Oh, okay. Um, maybe they just didn't didn't want to have this other guy in there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were. Uh, um. Well, we'll talk about them a little bit later. Uh, Indy is also working with <laughs> Russell Edgington from True Blood. Yes, he is. He is. <laughs> He's also he sure is. he's he's also in um, one of my favorite movies, Garden State. Oh, that's right. But he's also in a lot of things because he's like one of those character actors that's just in so many things. Oh yeah, he's he's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I he's he's done some he's some great characters. Mm-hmm. So that's his um, direct boss. I don't know what his name is, uh, but he's got a goatee. Yeah. So I don't quite remember what they were talking about in the meeting room when we first started. I just I just have my notes with Indy meeting up with uh Ned after that. Yeah. Like seeing him. Yeah. I don't do, do you want to remember play... if they were saying anything? Uh they just are walking down the halls. I, I think I should play it because that's when they, they talk really quickly and it's it's quite adorable. Yeah, I think I have a time code for right after that when they go to dinner. Okay. Well I'm just gonna play this really quickly and see if ha- if anything happens. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Those speeches from yesterday's conference. How soon can I have the translations? It'll be on your desk by 4.30, sir. Fine. Ned? Henry. By all that's wonderful. How long has it been? A year? Nearly two. I just got a job with the American delegation as a translator. It pays not much, but it's interesting work. So here I am helping Arabia and Prince Faisal become a free nation. Well, that's great, Ned. I tell you, colonialism is dead. There must be dozens of countries competing to become free nations. Mm, I hope so, for Arabia's sake. Oh, Mr. Lawrence. May- okay. Um, that was like a nice little precursor. Yeah, so Ned is there to uh, try and gain Arabia's independence, their freedom. Yep. Because they had, because like, this, this first half was so interesting because you just learned about all the different deals and agreements and promises that were made and how they're all just kind of getting, like, flushed out at this conference. Um, 
And so... And, and Mindy is right that colonialism is, is dead and that they are trying to... Um, it's not entirely dead, obviously, but this is like the, the time when things start to break up. Um, many, many, many nations become independent nations, breaking away from the, you know, the great powers of Europe, uh, like in Africa and in the, the West Indies and all that. Um, I think this is when things, things are changing a lot for the world. Yeah, and it was just crazy hearing about, um, especially the guy, the guy from Britain and the guy from France, like, wanting to divide up everything and, like, take over, like, more stuff, it seemed. I don't know. Or mm -hmm. just, like, or just divide everything up. It was just crazy how they were just slashing at all these, at all these nations just to take rule of them. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, they, they were the powerful people, and so they, they def definitely... Um, abused their power, you know. As yeah, these, and they did massive, and they they took apart and owned other countries. Yeah, and they just don't take into consideration the the civilians that already live there. They don't the, the citizens of these nations. They don't take them into account at all. They just they just take them. And yeah. Just, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't even. It was crazy. I'm like, geez, that. It was just like they were shopping. Like I'll take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? I don't. It was just. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's you're right, and and it, it's just kind of awesome to watch it in this format, like with indie there, you know. Yeah, like taking in like a lot of people's opinions, and you know, wanting to, wanting to think one way, but then being told another way, but then you know, just, just it's it's always just so refreshing to watch him kind of figure this all out and like and just because we're learning along with him and it's just it's 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 a great it's a great little it's a great little adventure uh so you're gonna play the clip uh where he's at dinner which is right after the that when i just played yeah so who's that lady that it, they're eat that they eat with every night it's Who is this gertrude lady? bell uh she was a writer traveler and officer administrator and archaeologist um, it says that she just traveled all around Syria, Mesopotamia, Arabia with, with, uh, Lawrence and helped, um, helped him to, to, to I yeah. guess, make freedom or just learn. She was like, she, she was an archaeologist. So. Yeah. He, he made, like, Lawrence made it sound like she, she did the most of the writing, like, that had to do. So maybe she was. Did she write articles about what was happening in mm -hmm. Arabia, or just like, and she she worked a lot with the ki with the prince, mm -hmm. Prince Faisal. Um, yeah. So yeah. And they were also she yeah. She's in the scene, and not Twain B yet, right? Or is he also in the scene? Um, um, they I go to dinner with in... them a bunch of times. Yeah, and then yeah, the the other guy shows up pretty soon. Like I, I think he shows up in this first dinner because okay. then he's at every single one. Yeah. So that's also Ar Arnold Twain B. So you can play the clip. All right, so Lawrence invited Indy to dinner, um, and they talk about stuff, and I, I guess I thought this was interesting. I don't remember what it was, but we'll figure it out <laughs> together. <laughs> okay. Delegation, unlike people like me. I've been out trying to catch sight of the German delegation. Oh, really? They're due in tonight. Nobody's seen them. Don't be trying to sneak in the back way. It's true. The feeling against them is frightening. I read the newspapers. I've seen the demonstrations as well, and my fear is... 
we do not have statesmen with enough courage to resist the public demands for revenge. I don't know. I've been watching our president. No, really, he's a, he's a fine man. He's a fine man obsessed with forming his absurd League of Nations. And meanwhile, he's giving way to every bloodthirsty demand. He's completely outwitted. Clemenceau, a dinosaur, baying for blood. Lloyd George, uh, a politician with no vision or morality at all. There's just been a war. The worst war in history. People have fought and died. You can't just suspect that they'll turn around and forgive. You can't just wipe your enemy out. Years ago, Rome could just wipe Carthage out, but now, the world has changed. So yeah, okay, so I guess I liked this part because they were talking about, you know, the Germans were going to be arriving and a lot of the hostility that was happening um, towards them at this moment. And, uh, and this is kind of where we kind of start this whole back and forth of like, are the are the big four, you know, whatever, big three, uh, Woodrow Wilson, mm -hmm. uh, the Prime Minister of Britain, and, like, are, are these three powers, like, really doing things for the, for everyone's best interests or really just themselves? Yeah, and um, India's fighting, like, for Woodrow Wilson thing. He's a smart guy, he knows what he's doing, and the other guys are like, we don't think so, Indy. He's, he actually is not learning from his mistakes, and that, uh, this... Especially this this Toynbee guy is extremely uh, on the side of the fact that th they're just making their bed again, and that the same thing is going to happen again in t ten or twenty years. Yeah, that is huge foreshadowing in this entire episode. Mm -hmm. Is just well, the Germans are going to rise up again if we treat them like this. Like uh, this is what's going to happen if we if we make this decision. We're just going to go back to war in a couple of years. Like it was. Yeah. Like, through the entire episode. And and the fact um, that this man, like, actually thought this at the time, and that his, his predictions were true, is pretty incredible. Yeah, so this guy that they were at dinner with was also a real person as well? Yep, uh, Toynbee. He is, um... Toynbee, that sounds familiar. Arnold Toynbee. Um, I was looking him up to see if, um... If he was, like, a real person that... So, like, I've heard of his name because there's, like, these Toynbee tiles that are around that are kind of, like, their own, um... They're, like, these things in the ground that are put, like, they're, like, art pieces it's in like a way. art, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they're you just, like... me a picture of one once. Yeah, because there's several in New York and I've come across them just accidentally, which is pretty exciting when you just find them. But basically, what they say on them, it, it just says, like... 2001 A Space Odyssey, Toynbee, like, it, it's very weird and jumble and it doesn't really make any sense. And I think that it is referring to the tiles, um, uh, yeah, because his idea, um, is that, um, let's see. He argues that the history of a nation can only be understood in the context of the broader civilization of the nation as a part. It is to be emphasized that a civilization is a pattern of culture and a system of institutions rather than a racial or ethnic group. Um, he's, he thought of a lot of stuff, but I think the tiles do have to do with him. Um, the idea is... Let's see. 
According to the letters, the idea is that human nature presents human minds with a puzzle which they have not yet solved and may never succeed in solving for all that we can tell. The dichotomy of a human being into a soul and a body is not a datum of experience. No one has ever been or ever met a living human soul without a body. Someone who accepts as myself I do, taking it on trust, the present-day scientific amount of the universe may find it impossible to believe that a living creature, once dead, can come to life again. But he did entertain this belief. He would be thinking more scientifically if he thought the Christian terms of psychosomatic resurrection than if he thought the shamanistic terms of a disembodied spirit. <laughs> so, I guess he's just talking about, like, humans and, um their souls and stuff, um, which he also was a historian, so. Yeah, so I think, I'm trying to see if Toynbee was at the Paris Peace Conference, mm -hmm. and, I don't know, it doesn't seem like he was. Well, and, I mean, and even if he wasn't there, maybe during the time that the Peace Conference was happening, he had his own, like, opinions of it, and maybe he was talking about it maybe somewhere else no it Who says knows? that he did and on the encyclopedia it says that he was there as a young man uh okay an analyst of international affairs he's just a political anal analyst and he just was an expert so yeah he i mean he says a lot in this episode they, they eat dinner a lot together yeah and and every time they have dinner it just seems like lawrence is just getting crazier and crazier <laughs> So then we go. Which we'll get to that. <laughs> we go back into the the hall where all the presidents are, and um, Wilson just starts making this speech about how they've been trying to make a peace, and he he talks a lot in a very like. I think the actor who played him is really great, so we should probably hear his little speech here because I think it's pretty great. Yeah, was that at 7.51? I think I, his whole, like, League of Nations yeah. talk? Yeah. I think I, I, I don't have it set up, but I think, oh, I, I think I, I have it. I have it set it up. You do good. Yeah. His Excellency, the President of the United States. Delegates, representatives, friends. For we are all friends here. We have now been engaged for five months on a course of framing a peace, a just peace, a lasting peace. Moreover, we have also been establishing for the first time in the history of mankind an international forum, a supreme body of world affairs. I refer to the League of Nations. That bright hope I know we all share. The aim of the League is simple, yet awe-inspiring. It is nothing less than the brotherhood of man. And with goodwill and calm endeavor, we shall succeed in our noble purpose. We shall succeed where great religions, where even Christianity itself has failed. Why has Jesus Christ so far not succeeded in inducing the world to follow his teachings in these matters? Friends, I will tell you 
It is because he has taught the ideal without devising a practical means of attaining it. That is why I propose a practical scheme to carry out his purposes. That is why I offer you the League of Nations. Okay, so that's the League of Nations speech. Yeah, I was I was surprised at the whole uh, like Christianity has failed part. Um, right. But uh, but it's it's an interesting thought that you know people always talk about you know the the ideal world the utopia the, of what of how the world should be but yeah it's it's very hard to get to that place mm -hmm. if you don't have a plan set in motion. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I really like the guy that plays. Woodrow Wilson. He uh, he reminds me of when he talks. He reminds me of Dumbledore. Yeah, he's very arresting, and uh, I think that they did a great job casting uh, this entire section. There's there's so many men in this and and women. And I mean, it's crazy. There's just so many actors in this part. It seems like it's real. Yeah, I wonder if it's actually like, you know, it could be like CG or you know a green screen or something or I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, knowing the, knowing the production of this show, that it, it could be an entire room full of, full of extras as well. I, I bet it is, honestly. I feel like they really just, they went really hard with this. They did not go, they did not skimp. Yeah. So um, in the dinner uh, afterwards, uh, they're just explaining about the state of the Arab nation, um, and how Ned is fighting for it with his beautiful blue eyes. And um, Gertrude Bell is explaining how there's like there's there's things that the men want there's like secret agreements. Yeah, yeah there's, there's secret agreements, and that there's no way that that she like he, Ned's thinking about it too generally, and he's not thinking about like what the Arab nations have to offer uh, to these big powers. Um, and she's like, but they want all these things from them. It's never gonna be any different. It's hard to say, like, I know you want to fight for it, but <laughs> Ned's fighting so hard. Yeah, but then I think um, at the next day of the conference, that's when Indy gets to go into, he gets to uh, transcribe what happens in the room with uh, yes. Woodrow Wilson and the Prime Minister of Britain and France. Mm -hmm. um, and they're and talking so about in, Arabs. Yeah. Yeah, and the, like, the what they're going to do about Prince Faisal. Yeah, and so, of course, you know, Britain and France are kind of just talking about splitting it up and taking it over and everything, and, um, but then Woodrow Wilson remembers that there was a promise made, and, and I think he says something along the lines of, you know, I, all your secret agreements and stuff are just out the window here. Like, mm -hmm. we're starting over. This is, this yeah. is not, this is not the place or the time to have these secret promises and secret agreements. Yeah. So, and then he... He wants to send a commission or something over to Arabia mm -hmm. and get a general consensus of the of the uh, citizens there. Yeah, and see what they want to do. The if people. they want King Faisal, yeah, yeah. they want uh, Faisal to be in charge or you know whatever whatever else they want, and they agree. And so Indy overhears this and he brings it to Lawrence at the dinner that night. Yeah, that's yeah the next dinner. Um... And Lawrence is pretty upset about it. Because he just doesn't think that... He doesn't think it's going to be fast enough. Like, he's, he's like, no, all the decisions 
are going to be made here. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's no time. There's no time to send a commission and ge- get a general consensus. Like, the, the decision's going to yeah. be made here before everyone leaves. Like, yeah. there's no time. And he just, and he's like, I'm going to get Arabia its freedom at all costs. And he, like, he gets all... He stands up. Yeah. He gets yes. really loud and, like, And he, like, calls Indy an he... idiot or something. Yeah. Or he, like, calls Woodrow Wilson an idiot and then, like, just storms out of there. I gotta get the right, right, right thing he says. Um, okay. It's pretty funny. Um, I'm just gonna start playing it. What are you scowling for? I'm not scowling, I just think... You think? What do you think? Some vacuous cliché of Woodrow Wilson's? Some Christmas card motto parading his wisdom? Well... Maybe that's what it sounds like, Ned, but the president means business. And I agree with him. Oh, do you indeed? I tremble. And I also think you're way out of line. Go to hell and take that sanctimonious hypocrite of a president with you. He storms out. He's really mad. And and all the while, the camera is panning over to this uh, waiter, like, way too many times. Yeah. Like, he's gonna do something. The waiter has something and to say. He definitely has something to say. Tries to and catch Indy on the way out, and Indy's like, I'm trying to meet up with Ned. Yeah, and I didn't get a time code, but I think I found the part where um, King uh, Prince Faisal comes and talks to the talks to the council. Oh yes, I really yes, I really loved Ned's interpretation, not interp- like his translation and everything. Yeah, so I loved it. It's really rather long. Is there any part that you want to listen to, like the end or or maybe the end? Maybe I can just kind of like put it halfway through again. Yeah. I don't have any time code, so I'm kind of just guessing here. It's fine. I I got it. Uh, Okay. Okay. It's uh, it's loading. All right. Okay. Wait. Okay. Our own part in this bargain. We have kept our word. All we ask now is that you prove the greatness of your nations and keep yours. In return. We offer you gratitude and lasting peace. Thus speaks Prince Faisal. These are his words. So it was a very powerful speech. It was like four minutes long. Um, That was just the end. it started off a little aggressive, mm-hmm. um, but I think it ended very well. And, and yes, it was very, is very powerful, and I think it was very, uh, it was very inspiring. So hopefully, hopefully, it does them some good. <laughs> <laughs> we we already we already know what happens, uh, but yeah, um, what happens after that? Uh, oh, I guess they go. So they didn't go to dinner that night. The no. waiter came and found Indy at like his apartment or something, or at the office or something. Yep. And comes he inside said, like to his his little apartment. Yes, he says like because the the guy knows that Indy's been going to the conference because he's been overhearing the dinner conversations, and he says like I really need just a couple minutes of your time. Um, and so they had a petition to show the council f- on behalf of Vietnam. And he had just asked Indy to 
you know, get get them a time slot if he could, and just to try his best. Um, and Indy was like, all right, well, we'll see. Um, and I actually do have the time code of him talking to uh, Russell Edgington. Okay. <laughs> um, asking to give them a chance. Mm-hmm. This is just a lot of time code ones because it's such an engaging episode. It really was, and there was just so much good stuff being said that I couldn't help but put it down. <laughs> That's what I heard, and also heard what you said about presidents, about how they come and go. And it reminded me of an old man I met in Mexico once who said pretty much the same thing. Well, he did. He was a peasant. Most likely he's dead now. I don't even know his name. But I'll never forget what he told me. It's maybe the reason I'm here now. He said the men in power change, but the people go on suffering. Look, Jones. Sir, I really think the Vietnamese ought to be heard. Maybe people think their country's not important, and it's not our business what happens there, but it is important. These are people just like any other people. Who are we to say they can't be heard? Sir, the whole world has come to this city. Why shouldn't they have the opportunity to make their case? And we as Americans should be right behind them. Half an hour is all they need. Is that too much to ask? So it was interesting because they were talking a little bit before about, because there's a lot of talk about just politics and, you know, kind of how things are run and whether or not they're run very well mm-hmm. or efficiently or or even or even equally, like, you know, uh, properly uh, with, with justice in mind. Like, yep. it's... So, you know, he's just kind of talking about how, you know, don't... Because um, he was talking about the Vietnamese and kind of how Woodrow Wilson would want to hear them out. But, you know, since Russell Edgington, Edgerton is a politician, he's like, you know, don't don't put all your bets on Woodrow Wilson. He's going to be out in just a couple of years. Like, mm-hmm. like put put your faith into politicians because they stick around a lot more. Diplomats like, and politicians, yeah. Yeah. And so it was very interesting. And, you know, he was... Uh, and then that whole part about meeting that guy in Mexico and... Yeah, I remember that and, guy, uh, too. And I think we, we talked about that in the in the Mexico episode, too. Yeah, most likely. Because um, Indy gets to a lot of very meaningful conversations that are just... That just stick with you. Yeah, they really do. And I, I... You know, especially in that episode, which was kind of a really dense episode, I remember thinking, like, oh, yeah, that was that one n- nice part about that Mexico episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so the Vietnamese uh, plead their case to the French president who doesn't even wake up to listen to it. He's just snoring next to them. He is asleep. But Indy did and help they, them, so. And they didn't even want, they didn't, it's not, it's not like they didn't want to be under French rule. They just wanted to have a voice mm-hmm. along with the French in their own nation. Like, yeah. In in their own country, like and, and what? How how hard is that to ask for? Like to have a you have your own voice for your own people. And so then when they're leaving, um, he goes, "People will remember the name Ho Chi Minh one day," and um, I looked him up too. And yep, yep, yep. Uh, Ho Chi Minh is the pres like the first president of, of Vietnam, and um, went on to do some really great things for his country. And it's pretty cool that Indy got to help him out in the beginning. Yeah, and he was just really happy that, you know, they they had a chance to be heard. I mean, even though, like, they brought their case, 
even though the guy was fucking asleep. Yeah. They they were still able to put it in front of someone, whether or not anything happened of it. So. Yep. So then and Indy's now just... we've got... Indy's oh, facing... Sorry, go I was going to say, Indy's facing his, his reality now. He's realizing how the unfair people are. Um, and then what you're going to say? Yeah. And now we've got the German delegation. Yes, which I was waiting for because this is the only part that I even knew about. <laughs> right. So we hear from, I think, the French uh, minister uh, that... You know, they were here, but they were taken on, like, the long train route around to see the slow train to see all the devastation and all of the, all of the ruin that had come from this war. And they're just really just rubbing the Germans' nose in it, like, as much as they can for as long as they can. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So they come to, uh, to some very angry people at the train station. They try to get a cab to the hotel, and they're like, walk, you filthy Germans, and they spit on them. And then they just start walking, and they're just followed by a horde of, a mob of angry people. Yep. And... Which, you know, honestly, makes sense that they're angry. Their, their sons went, and went off to the war and never came back, and it's upsetting. Yeah, extremely upsetting for... For everyone and everything. Like, just the whole situation is just terrible. Um, and they finally get to the hotel and, you know, Indy helps him get his bag because the the people who worked at the hotel were, like, throwing their luggage at the angry crowd because they just didn't care if their luggage got lost or anything. Yeah, they really weren't um, treating these Germans like, like people at all. Yeah, no. And no, no um, respect at all, so Indy kind of feels bad for them. Yeah, so Indy was just trying to, you know, show him some kindness, gave him his bag back, and he kind of talked to one of the guys um, who was missing an arm, right? He didn't have an arm. Yeah. Uh, and he'd met him at, like, a little gathering after a meeting. I guess it was just, like, a tea a tea and snacks, like, gathering after one of the meetings, and uh, Indy kind of talked to that guy a little bit. A little bit. Well, that's I mean, the... I mean, you're kind of going ahead a little bit. That's after they, they do their Oh, little... is it... <laughs> They're, yeah, like, so... Oh, that's right. So the Germans, like, then they, like, come to an agreement. Uh, well, they, they go in front of the, um, everybody and try to make their case. And they're like, please, we really need you to let down on these terrible things that you've put out. And they're, they're like, no, we're not gonna. You, are you gonna accept it or not? Like, basically, what they present to them is horrible. And the, 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 the diplomat, like, the cannot like he's like not taking it he does not want to sign it he's like no this is terrible for germany we're never going to be able to get out of it um yeah there'll be an economic ruin yeah they'll be they can't they don't be... have access to any of their crops like any of their their things that could make them any kind of money at all basically yeah and but and then they just they didn't have a choice they're like okay we'll look over this and we'll bring you back some some counter some counter arguments and stuff like that and they're like no you can you can make some observations mm-hmm. but you're signing it yeah so and they're like just, a, just gonna try all their war heroes as criminals and oh that's right yeah, um, yeah. it's just like and the german guys like we we surrendered like we're done like it's over you know why do we still have to why do we have to pay the price th- this harshly he's trying to plead to wilson about his 14 points um and it's just such a, it's such a harsh, 
harsh, like, uh, reality of, like, the way that they were treated, and, and therefore, they're, that that's how they, they retaliate later, you know? And it's just, like, it's horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's just so... This also even has me thinking about the movie Vice. Like, we kind of talked about that movie and how, like, just just the whole cause and effect, like, just whatever, just the decisions of these politicians that caused mm -hmm. these horrible things to happen later on, and if things were just handled differently or with more information, just not blindly throwing out assumptions and without really knowing the full story of things, like, it's yeah. just... yeah. It's just very interesting, and you think that we would learn from these types of mistakes in the past, but it's just, it's interesting. Well, that's it's what that historian, that's what Toynbee says, you know? He says everything's gonna repeat itself, that's just how it works. Yeah, yep, I do remember him saying that. So... Uh, yeah, then they go to that little, like, afternoon thing uh, where they're waiting for the, the Germans to sign, and then one of them comes in, the one without the arm, and he's trying to get a cup of tea, and he needs help because he doesn't have another arm, and Indy goes and gets him another cup of tea and says, the guy says, thanks for helping me out, you know, before no one treats me like a human here. Um, yeah. And, and he says... just staring at the two of them while this happens. The guy says, we shall... The, the, the the direct line i'll just i'll just play it really quick here he's talking to the german dude you were at the hotel the night we arrived yeah sorry about what happened back there we were expecting it in the streets but not here why do they insist on humiliating us i guess so you'll know what they've suffered so you won't forget i fought at verdun i shall never forget i fought at verdun too you know then but i wonder do they Maybe in the future. The future? We shall have no future if those old men have their way. It's a great, great little bit. You know, the writers of this show are just, just excellent. Sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, this episode was very well written. I was very happy. Yes, me too. Um, it was a very, very well written, very, very well written show. Um, and so I think, uh, so the Germans end up signing it. They're, <laughs> that horrible scene where, you know, the, the German diplomat comes in and, and goes to sign it and there's no ink in the inkwell. Yeah. Oh, and, and so he's just like humiliated, like trying to sign this damn thing that no one, that they don't even want to sign. And someone has to bring him a pen because his pen's not working. And it's just. It's just painstakingly frustrating to watch. Yeah. Um, just these, these these poor guys. Um, and then I think shortly after that, uh, they're talking about Arabia again, right? With uh, Woodrow. They, they go into a room with a map. Yep. Right? And they're literally drawing on the ground with, like, crayons, like, trying yep. to, to figure out who's going to own which area. And, and, like, France, like, draws this big wiggly line around Iraq, and then, like, or, like, that's what America does, and then, like, France does this one, like, that goes, like, above into, like, Afghanistan or Turkey, and you're just like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what is this? They're, oh, yeah, because what was their excuse? They said that they that they would send a commission to go 
and do what they said before, but there was, like, tensions or something still there. Yeah. Like, and it would just be too dangerous or something, so they have to make a decision now. Like, that was the, like, that was their excuse, and so. Yep. They're, like, writing their letters, like, okay, so this is our area, this is your area. Like, it's just, it's just, like, what the hell? Like, you guys are literally just drawing this on a damn map on the ground. Woodrow Wilson needed help getting down there. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, and and then he's like, okay, so then what's left for Prince Faisal? And they're like, maybe he'll get something. And yeah. then they'll just, and then that was it. And they're just like, but that's, we don't fucking care. That's what happened. Yeah, it's just, it's major choices, major decisions, millions of people's lives affected uh, by just drawing cr- with crayon on a piece of paper. Yeah, and uh, and after all of this uh, convention, after the convention is over and, you know, everyone's packing up, uh, Woodrow Wilson says one last thing that yep. I want to play. Yep. That just was so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Here they are coming out and smirking, uh, Britain and France. Turd bombs. Nice description, Emily. Thanks. Mr. President? It's finished. No one's satisfied. Makes me hope we've made a just peace. Oh, boy. So, just so depressing. Yeah. (laughs) And just... (laughs) This poor guy. <laughs> He's trying his best. He's really trying. I I do think that like the way that they paint him is a little bit like he is painted in a positive light, and who knows if he was really like this, but like he seems like he's really trying to to please everyone, and yeah, it's just like not working out. And that's because, just hard to do. Yeah, yeah, like there's just too many powers. There's just too many people who want too many things, and he's just like, well. I made up this whole plan for you guys and you don't even care about it. You know? Yeah. It. It's just. It was just all very frustrating to watch. Um, and uh, so now we've got uh, Indy saying goodbye to to Ned. Yeah. Um, which I don't think we'll see Ned again, to be honest. I think he's probably done. Not, yeah, we've only got. We've only got. Two two episodes left. I don't think Ned's coming back, but uh, he's he says he's gonna go back to London probably, and he says he's gonna vegetate. <laughs> I know, and uh. probably starve. Is that what he said? Yeah. So uh, so Indy says goodbye, and you know he tells him that you know he's gonna go, he's gonna go to the University of Chicago and be an archaeologist. Yep. Um, but first he's got to travel to. Um, the place where he's going on the, to La Havre, where he can take the boat back to America. So he sees all the devastation yes. while he's traveling across France. And there's this little boy on, on the train who's like, oh, were you a soldier? Were you scared? And Indy's like, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, oh, my dad got a, a medal. And Indy's like, yeah, I got a medal too. And uh, he's like, I want to see so it. How can I see it? And then this kid has the medal, and then that leads me to believe that his dad died because he has his medal. Um, yeah, and then Indy's like, oh, I don't have my medal with me, and the kid's like, oh, I'm gonna get my own medal. Mm-hmm. He's like, how are you gonna, how are you gonna, how are you gonna do that? And he's like, oh, when the war comes back in a couple years. Like, yeah. 
on my own, like my own war that I'm going to do. And, you know, he probably yeah. is going to fight in the war, you know? It's like, <laughs> the kids says, don't be yeah, silly, probably. of course they're going to be another war. And it's just like... Well, yeah, but know. it's just extreme foreshadowing because Indy was like, who do you think you're going to fight? And he's like, the Germans, obviously. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's a little bit heavy-handed. <laughs> it's very heavy-handed, this whole foreshadowing type of thing. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was so heavy-handed. I was like, all right, we get it. We, we get, get it. it. It's, it's fine. We get it. We know what's going to happen. We're in the future. Thank you. Like, this is a TV show. And then... The train pulls in with the most annoying squeaky noise for like a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. I know, it was so long, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it like squeaked into the station. It's so dumb. <laughs> I was like, I was like, please stop. Um, and then, yeah, India uh, is trying to get on the boat from, uh, where is it from? Lahar said it was from. Yeah. Um, and he overhears, uh, he overhears some people having trouble getting onto the boat. You know, they don't understand, uh, French. Some American and, women. Uh, American women. <laughs> a, a mom and a daughter. Yep. A mom and a hot daughter, I might add. <laughs> uh, Indy uh, spotted the hot girl immediately and was like, I need to go help her now. No, he heard his fellow Americans needing help. And he went over to help out of the goodness of his heart. And he is a is a sweetheart. He really is. He really is. But the second he locked eyes with that brunette, he was like, "Oh, I know what I'm doing on the ride back." Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically, what happened? I know. So then um, they go on the Titanic, and they just like it's not the Titanic. I'm just kidding. Space of the Titanic I because was, they fucking jack and rose it up. <laughs> I was worried that this whole, the rest of the episode was going to take place on the boat, and I did not want it to take place on a boat. I was oh, like... I did not want this I was like, please, no, all. just, I, nothing, please. And, and thank God it really wasn't, but um, he has to be in this bunk with, like, these three other men. Uh, it is so tiny. Yes, and they're just all like they're like, oh, I hope hope we none of us snore. And then the one of the guys snores so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he he pays the like bellman or whatever to to change Give seats him a seat. for for yeah. his dinner time so that he can sit with the sit with the the ladies. Um, and they're clearly very rich. Yep, much like a much like Jack and Rose. Um, they uh, chatted up, you know, they asked Indy about, you know, his, his family and, yeah, you know, he, what he's, he's got kind of like what a, he's doing. a wonderful, it, it's kind it's really is a lot like, like Jack and Rose. You're right. I didn't really think about it. And the way he goes to dinner, he looks just like Leonardo DiCaprio with his hair slicked back. It's so sweet. Oh yeah. So <laughs> slicked back. Like they, they definitely Jack and Rose did. Yeah. Yeah. They, they totally did. Um, this girl is really great. She's really honestly not that dramatic. Um, she really is just like pretty, pretty level headed compared to that last girl in the last episode who was a nutter. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the the girl that they kept running into on the boat because of the bad reputation or something. Yeah, like, she was horrible. Oh my god. God, this girl was insane. So yes, this girl's a lot better. Um, and they they tried to take some time to build this relationship. Um, a whole big well, montage. Yeah, like 
They're yes. reading books together. She's leaning on him. They're playing shuffleboard together. They're taking walks. Yeah. They're just like they play badminton. They're so cute. Like they're they're doing all these things together. They're dancing together. They're like, you know. And then of course her, his mom, her mom sees and and she's like disapproving of it. I know. It seemed like so much time had passed. How did she just now see that they'd been? I don't know. Getting close. I don't know. It just. It just seems like she would have known by now. I think it's just then a, she's... it's just another like scene to throw in there. But it's so sweet when they're dancing together. Yeah, and then of course, you know, when Indy tries to kiss her, she's like, oh, we shouldn't do this because I don't want to fall in love with you because we're probably never going to see each other again after this boat ride. Yeah, I mean, she's being pretty <laughs> realistic here. I mean, honestly... She sure was. She, she sure was. She was not like throwing herself into this like without her wondering what was going to happen. And you know what? It's justified. Yeah, I mean, Indy could run off and do whatever in the next two seconds. Like, I mean, a bunch of pirates could have come up to the boat and Indy could have left with them. Like, who knows? Like, yeah. We, you never know with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's looking at her and it's so sweet the way he looks at her. Like, he's just, oh, yeah. oh, I love it. Like, Sean Patrick Flannery just, fuck, I love you. <laughs> I know, he's very he's cute. so cute. He kills he's me. so cute. And, um, and, you know, after he talks to her, he's like, you know, we're going to make this work. I'm going to come visit you, like, every week, and, and, uh... You know, when Indy promises things, he really does mean it. Like, he doesn't back down from his promises, you know? That's true. That's true. That's very true. He's a, he's a good man. Yeah, he, he truly is, and, uh... He's a good man in his state now as a young Indy, like... I couldn't say the same, probably. I mean, he's he's all right when he's old Indy, but he's also Harrison Ford, and he's got that, like, not-as-good-to-women kind of vibe, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little, uh, a little grabby, and yeah. a little, like, grabby and, like, shaky, like, just a little too much. Yeah, a little, a little um, bit much when he gets older, but um, for now, we can enjoy beautiful, lovely Sean Patrick Flannery. Yes, and so, yeah, the the mom definitely has some concerns, you know, she doesn't think uh, her dad will like him or something, um, and she just doesn't think he's good for the family. Which, you Uh, know, I think that that's not, like, that's being a little harsh on Indy, because, you know, he isn't completely penniless, he comes from a really good family, Uh, he's educated, like, or he's gonna get educated, Uh, and, you know, it's not like he's Jack from, like... Titanic, he really had nothing, you know? Right. Right. Um, yeah, India's well-traveled, you know, he was in the army, so you know he's got some, you know, responsibility, and... But the, and... the mother says, who knows what he's done, like, <laughs> who knows right. what's going on in his head, because he was, he was a soldier, you know? That's true. But also, we kind of learn about this in, later in the episode, that, you know, the mom's a little traditional, she wants to set... Uh, Amy, her name's Amy, set Amy up with, with a good suitor. Uh, and, from the uh, Rockefeller family, you know, so she's, from the Ro- she's got herself set up over there. From the Rockefeller family, and you know, she doesn't even want Amy to, to be a doctor. Like, Amy wants to go to school and be a doctor. Yeah. And her, her mom doesn't even seem to be all too jazzed about that. So they um, arrive back, uh, in New York, um, and... And uh, it, they they make plans to see each other like the following weekend or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Indy goes back to Princeton, and he In New Jersey, which is around a, isn't very far away from New York City. So, 
Yeah, no, definitely not far away. Um, he lingers around his house for a little bit, doesn't go in, and he decides to to go walk around the town instead. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> avoiding, avoiding seeing his father. <laughs> which I mean, was with very good reason. frustrating. Um, uh, because oh my gosh. I'm so mad oh at his father gosh. in this episode. Everything. I am <laughs> so mad. I was so upset that this is the way that they decided to, like, He's absolutely horrible in this episode. I just have to say it right out. He's not foxy at all in this episode. At all. Damn, Alessandra. It was mean. Really? He was He's so not mean. Fo- Emily. I know. The way he, he was talks horrible. to his only fucking too. son is like with the, the least amount of warmth. Like absolutely nothing until the very end. And even then, he's so mean to him. I know, and like, and it just, he seemed like such a different person from, from the dad that started off in the show. Like, I mean, we knew his father was strict, but he didn't seem completely heartless. Well. Like. Yeah. Right? And, and in a, in no? a sense, remember, okay, so I'm just, we're still going through this ending part. We have, I'm, I'm jumping to conclusions. We just have to take it, take it one at a time. So Indy's, Indy's going around. He's seeing all these old people that he used to see. Uh, he sees. Oh. Um, Nancy. Which I don't think that was the the same actress because yes, it she was. I looked her, I looked her up and she was only listed in this one episode. Really? Oh, yeah. To me, it looked just like just like the same. I thought it did too. Maybe, I mean, again on IMDb, this whole show is m- messed up and like really weirdly recorded. So it uh, may, maybe this was her. It did look like her. Um. So. Yeah, so he sees Nancy. She's walking with a baby carriage. She, she's got a kid with Butch. I don't remember. I don't remember who Butch was. Maybe some other person. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and you know, she's like, "Oh, it's great to see you. Like, come, come around and see us. We want to catch up." Um, he's like, "All right, we'll do." And then he goes to. Did he used to work at that place? He like went to a. What was it? A a pharmacy? He, like, went to a pharmacy and, like, looked inside. It's the, the soda, um, like, yeah, he used to, remember, he worked as the, uh, it was a soda fountain, like, the ice cream shop. Yeah, but I thought it said pharmacy on the outside. It did, it was also soda a fountain. Pharma- it was also a pharmacy because, so, okay, sodas, soda fountains were called soda fountains because they also had, um, bubble water, which they called was, like, soda, like, it's good, like, good for your stomach, basically. So okay. it was like the same idea that like the bubble water is like the the bicarbonate water is good for you, um, you know, because it's like the brioche that the brioche that we we have and like the you know Alka Seltzer yeah kind of you know what I mean yeah. like so that's okay. the idea of it being like a pharmacy that's also also has ice cream <laughs> and, okay and probably and then- Coke I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, and so he's just... He's he's dilly-dallying before he goes home. And then he goes home. And does he see... Does he see Paul yet? Before he goes home? No. Okay, that's another day. Okay, so then he finally goes home. He walks in. The door's just... The door's just unlocked. He just walks on in. God, this is so upsetting. Um, he (laughs) walks... Do you have a time code for this? I don't have a time code for this. I'm just not gonna... 
there's All nothing. Right. There's nothing to play. Nothing happens. All he does is. All right. And he walks okay. to the end of the hall, sees his dad writing yep. at his desk. Yep. He stands there. He just stands there in his beautiful suit and his beautiful face. And then his dad. <laughs> I, I'll just play it. I'll play it. <laughs> okay. So you're back from your little adventure. Your room is as you left it. And Junior? Yes, sir. Dinner is at 7.30. Sharp. That's it. That's their whole conversation. Indy's been gone for like four years and that's what he gets. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it and it doesn't get any better. It, it does just, not. It, it gets a whole lot worse. Yeah, so, you know, so Indy's back at home. He's just, you know, having conversation-less dinners with his father, and his father eventually gets him a job working for a professor. At Princeton, yes. At Princeton. Uh, Robert Goddard. Whoop! Rocket scientist! Rocket scientist. So cool. Uh, building the world's first liquid-fueled rocket. Yep, yep, yep. Explaining to us how liquid rockets are made by carrying enough fuel to release fuel to keep going up. Oh, yeah. So cool. Um, but he doesn't really get close with him until a little bit later uh, in this second half. This This second half was just so... Like, it was interesting, but it was also slow. Yeah, because like, there was, like, no plot. So, like, Indy was just, like, meeting famous moseying people, around. moseying around, going to visit his girlfriend, and, like, going on dates with her. Like, that's... But you know what? I like it. I like this mundane life. I want to know what Indy's doing in his downtime, you know? It's... We, we don't get to see that a lot, because he's been on an adventure forever, and it's nice to have, like, a droll life of, of Indy right now, before he goes off to college. Well, yeah, and I feel like it was a very... It was a very well thought out episode about how he would, you know, be thinking about the world when he comes back and, mm -hmm. you know, thinking that his father would appreciate this because this was the whole reason why they went on that whole world tour to begin with was so that Indy could experience these new cultures and places and have a different view of of the world. And just to be just to be told that he's a naive idiot. Yeah, like completely. It's it's so, so mean of his dad. His dad is so mean. He does not understand his son whatsoever. And he just takes no chance to even try and, you know, t take in Indy's opinions about things. Like, he just assumes that he's wrong, and that's it. End of story. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't, you can't be right, because you don't know anything still. You weren't, you weren't here being at school, I guess. You just were, you were off doing... Probably just because his father doesn't really know what he was doing. Like, he probably just thought he was out just, you know, getting with girls and drinking and just traveling and being frivolous. But, I mean, that's, you know, he that's wasn't. a thought. But, like, he doesn't even get to... He doesn't even ask. He doesn't say, like, so what were you up to? What happened? And, and he could say, I was a spy and a translator for the American president. And, like, what the fuck? Like, that's cool. Like, Indy has lived an entire lifetime so far. Yeah. Um... So during one of his uh, days out, uh, he meets up with an old friend, Paul Robison. Robison? Robison. Yes, who is also a real person. 
He sure is. Yeah. I looked up, I looked up the name. Um, Who was an extremely cool person, by the way. Didn't even know anything about him. Absolutely awesome figure in American history. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely look look up more about him because he because I I loved I love the guy that played him in the show. Yeah, and um, and I don't know they just left they left me wanting more. Like I, I wanted to know more about him because we really didn't get a whole bunch. Well, the um, highlight reel of his life that I looked up was that he was and he went to Rutgers and he was a, a footballer there. Um, and then also was a, so he's a, a prolific footballer. He was like one of the only footballers, um, at Rutgers, um, black footballers. And then he also was like one of three black students at Rutgers at the time. Um, and his major was, I think, uh, the, like playing instruments. Um, he's a musician. Oh, okay. And a singer. And, um... After he got his, after he does his speech at the end, he he is the valedictorian. He was like the highest in the class, his own class at Rutgers, and he really did make a speech similar to the speech that he says in the end of the show. And then he also um, went on to be a very famous musician and uh, rights activist. Isn't that crazy? He's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like cool that he was like a, an athlete and a musician and a genius. Like what the hell? Yeah, and it's just uh, and it's just frustrating to see what he's going through while he's trying to just get get through school. Yeah, um, there's a lot of inequality happening and segregation, and people just don't don't want to serve. Um, like 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 he was gonna go out with Indy, and Indy wanted to introduce him to his new uh, girl, Amy, and uh, and Indy's like, yeah, we'll just go out and get some dinner, and then he's like, we really think we're gonna be able to get dinner. Like yeah, they can't and, be seen together. Like people will not serve them, but the the hot dog cart in the park does. Yes, until uh, until people get angry about it, get offended by it, and then well, cause they, trouble yeah, afterwards. They they get in a fight, which they do win, by the way. Yeah, it just sucks that they have to fight. Yes, <laughs> to that's, begin with. that's definitely the case. Um. Yeah, then I think after this, after that part is, is pretty much when Indy starts to get really close to, uh, Robert, Robert Hoddard, mm -hmm. Goddard, Robert H. Goddard, um, and that's when, you know, they do the rocket test, and He's wearing they, his cute um, Indy hat. <laughs> he's wearing his cute little Indy hat, and, uh, you know, he's been talking with Amy on their cute little dates, you know, she's saying that, you know, she, you really need to talk to your dad, that you don't want to go to Princeton, because his dad mm -hmm. keeps saying, like, oh, I'm gonna talk to the dean. I'm gonna get you a spot at Princeton. Yep. Um, and it's and, it's you know, like yeah, like his dad cares enough about him to like provide for him still. Like he lets him stay in his house and he he gets him jobs. Like he does care. It's just he doesn't want to discuss anything with him. It's so messed up. Yeah, it's just like there's no there's no emotional relationship there. It's just and Andy brings that up. Yep, he tries to, um, and then they have this very weird, like, tense but not so tense fight. I don't know. It was like we should probably play it. <laughs> do you do you have a time code? Yeah, because they start okay. fighting about how the Treaty of Versailles is not going to actually work, and his dad's like, 
You don't even know right. what you're fucking talking about. This is going to happen. Colonization is going to keep do- happening. It's just the same thing. And Indy's like, we're trying to get past this. This is something that's going to change the world. And he's like, now that the Germans just tried to expand, uh, they got knocked down for it, and they're just going to keep fighting again. Um, yeah. And that's that's this, this specific fight that they have. Um... And his dad's like, oh, are you an expert? And then they, they, he's like, I declined to continue the conversation. And then he tries to, to fight with him about, about what he's, he's really truly thinking. I guess I don't really have, uh, uh, it's just an argument. I, I basically went over the whole thing. We don't really have to play. <laughs> yeah, you basically did. Um, I think, sh- so shortly after this, he finally brings up at uh well he he apologized for the fight Mm -hmm. uh because because what was it indy indy wasn't gonna go to his room like his dad was like go to your room and he's like no i'm not 10 anymore and they're like yelled even more um so indy did apologize for the fight later and then he finally told his dad that he was gonna go to the university of chicago and uh you know his dad was basically like well you were gonna just leave anyway so it doesn't even matter um, I, so I, go ahead. I want to say, I, I want to play the part where, so Indy is apologizing, but I want to play the part where he talks to his dad about how he feels, um, I think it's, it's now. Here it is. Okay. The thing I'd like to say, I'd like to apologize about the other night. The things I said, the, the way I acted, I, I was way out of line. And I'm sorry. I guess that's it. We'll not discuss it further. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. We have to. We can't just pretend that this never happened. You have apologized. I have accepted your apology. What more is there to say? A lot more. A whole lot more. Don't you see? We never talk. We're more like strangers than father and son. Like strangers? You're not like strangers. It's because we're never close. We're never together. We, we never have been. Except maybe that time in Athens, but that... In Athens? We went to see the monasteries, just, just the two of us. Mm. Oh, yes. We'd gone to Greece, if I remember, straight after our visit to Russia. And we got stuck in the monastery's wooden lift. That's right. It was the best time I ever had with you. When we finally escaped up the rope, I remember you picked me up and you just held me really tight. It's the only time I can ever remember you actually hugged me. And it felt great. For a while there, just... Just for that moment. You really were my dad. And he just gets up and walks away. So I think Indy bared all there, and I'm really proud of him. And he had some really real things to say, like, I don't even feel like you're my father. We are not close. Like, his dad is like, okay. And then he walks away. <laughs> and he brings up yeah. the, the monastery thing where they got stuck in the... In the <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed him bringing that up. It's Me such too, a because good callback. I remembered it so... And I was thinking about it, and I was like... 
the only time that we really saw him be be cute with his son was when they were in Greece together and they were like playing in the water and you know like it was it was a very nice little adventure that he had with his dad and he was a little kid you know yeah so great I'm so glad they brought that up yeah especially before when he talked about you know he brought up his mom yeah and his dad did not did like not that. like he it was like he was like mom would hate to see us acting like this and he was like don't ever talk about your mother <laughs> it was just like yeah like oh jesus like it's horrible like the, the way that they like he's so oppressive i just yeah, think about it's... it now because like of the fact that like this is this is still young indy but the way that he treats his dad in the third indiana jones is like <laughs> they're just bickering the whole time he's always like dad shut up like and he's like yeah exactly junior you're supposed to do this and he's like dad i know what i'm doing (laughs) like that's their relationship in the third movie but like of course they had to go through all this crap to get there yeah it you can definitely see like a pretty a pretty good tie to to the movies uh at this point in their relationship because at first when we first meet the dad, we're like, how does he turn into Sean Connery? And then you, uh, it's pretty apparent. The guy's pretty distant. Yep. And then, you and, know, he brings uh, it emotionless. up in the third movie as well. And he's like, you know, he talks to his dad about it. And he's like, you were never there when I was a kid. And he's like, I was always there, you know. And they just, they don't, he has a different perspective of his, his son, you know. And the two of them, um, they do bond later in life, though, in the third movie. We know that. Yeah, and like, and yeah, and to the dad, he could probably, he probably thinks he, he was there for Indy, because, you know, he always gave him a place to come back to, mm-hmm. he always gave him food, he gave him an education, Yeah, like, so, I mean, in a way, he probably definitely thinks that he was there for Indy all of his life. Yeah. Um, but not in the way that Indy is describing. He wanted him to be there emotionally as well. Yeah. So... Are we getting to the the, commencement? Uh, yes, to the commencement, because then after that, that's when Amy leaves. Yes. Well, that's when Indy leaves. Yeah, well, yeah. Indy takes Amy back to the train station to go back to New York. Yeah. And then... Yeah. And then that's when Indy leaves. Um... Do you want to play the speech or no? Oh, I don't, I don't have a time code. Okay, I'll play it. What's going on with you? What, what happened? I didn't do any time codes for the, I was just, I was just watching the rest of it. I had so many time codes for the first one that I just didn't, I just didn't want to write any more down. Okay, well, I think this speech deserves, (laughs) I know we've played a million and one clips in this episode and I really apologize, but this is the, this is the last one and it's great. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, definitely. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen and fellow students, this nation has just emerged from a great war in which she has proven true to her trust. Her soldiers have fought and died to preserve those historic ideals of liberty and justice by which America was founded, and those ideals have prevailed. Yet America is still a nation of two races, one favored and one less favored. And so I speak to you today of a new idealism, and I invoke its spirit in the days of change that lie ahead. We of the less favored race realize that our future lies chiefly in our own hands, 
On ourselves alone will depend the preservation of those liberties and the transmission of them to those who shall come after us. And we are struggling on, attempting to show that knowledge can be obtained under difficulties, that poverty may make way for affluence, that obscurity is not an absolute bar to distinction, and that a way is open to all who wish to follow the way with wisdom and resolution that neither old-time slavery nor continued prejudice need extinguish self-respect, crush manly ambition, or paralyze effort. I call upon my own race to practice the virtues of self-reliance, self-respect, industry, and perseverance. But I also call upon you, the more favored race, to catch a new idealism, to invoke a new spirit of compassion at the manifest distress of your fellow men. This new idealism asks more from you than courtesy and fair-mindedness. It also asks for your willingness to fight for the great principle that there will be equal opportunities for all. And so, in conclusion, I appeal to all of you to fight for a government whereby character shall be the standard of excellence, where white and black shall clasp hands friendly in full consciousness that we are brothers and God Almighty is the father of us all. So that was uh, the end part certainly really reminded me of Martin Luther King's speech, um, who no doubt was influenced by this man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, then he goes to the uh, to the, the train station and him and Amy make a very adult decision. <laughs> oh, my God, there's something going on outside. I apologize. Oh, oh. I thought you were playing. You were playing a clip. Nope. Um. So yeah, he, Indy tells Amy that he's gonna be going to the University of Chicago, and he's like, "I'll still come. I'll still come see you every week." And she's like, "No, you won't." And he's like, "Okay, well, I'll write you every day." And he's like, "No, you you're won't. right. I won't." <laughs> she's being so he's realistic. Like, well, it's great. He's like, "Well, I'll I'll still love you." And she's like, "I'll still love you too." And. Honestly, like, that ending of a relationship was, like, so copacetic. It was just like, yeah, we knew this was going to be short, but we still enjoyed each other's time when we had the chance. Like, it was just, like, so sweet. Yeah. I really liked her. She was very sweet. Yeah, I liked her, too. She's no no Vicky. Oh, yeah, uh... she's no Vicky, but I liked her. She's a good second to Vicky. Yes, she sure was. Anna, and then... Andy goes on, goes on off to the University of Chicago. Well, he goes to tell which, his... He, this is what happens. He walks down the stairs. I know. You're not explaining this very well. Okay. I'm sorry. I know. You, sorry. I, you're tired. I can tell. It's fine. Even though it's later where I am. He walks down the stairs with his suitcase. He goes in the other room with his dad. Uh, and his, his dad is just, like, writing as usual. And... Um, he walks over there slowly with his beautiful face. <sighs> and then he says, I'm sorry we haven't talked more. <laughs> his dad says, so am I, Henry. And then he goes, because I know it's what your mother would have liked. 
And then he he goes up and he gives him a hug. And that he she he says she wanted me to say that he's I'm glad you're safe. And then he gives him a hug. Such a nice moment to then to then, to then just be ruined again. Yes, completely ruined because he says, "Are you going somewhere?" And then he's like, "I'm going to the University of Chicago." And then his dad is like, "Excuse me, what about Princeton?" Yeah, and he's like, "Chicago he's like, has I want to be an archaeologist, better archaeology department." And then he said, I, "I could decide." And he goes, "I don't remember that, but all right." <laughs> that was a long time ago, Junior. <laughs> And then he sits back down and says, if that's what you want. And then he's like, Dad, (laughs) close the door when you leave, Junior. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was the most unsatisfying reunion ever. So they can never be, like, he can never be satisfied. His dad can never be satisfied with his own fucking son. It's horrible. Ugh, Exactly. And then uh, Indy goes off to Chicago, and that was the entire episode. We made it, guys. Oh, man. That was an episode. Yeah. That was. I mean, who knew Who knew one one problem, the war, would, uh, would end just for Indy to have more problems to come back home to? Yeah. Uh, I'll, just... I'm going to give this episode... Um, uh, eight peace treaties out of ten peace treaties. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it nine hot dogs out of ten hot dogs. Oh, that's a good one. That's nice. It's good. It's good. Well, was a good one. Uh, it was a good one. I really liked it, and I really enjoyed watching Indy in his element, and now he's back at home, and we're probably going to see him at the University of Chicago in the next one, um, which should be fun. Should be fun if he's, like, learning archaeology, and I don't know, some other crazy shit happens. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. These, these episodes, like, he's not, he's just in America. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, like, it doesn't... I know. I know. It doesn't seem like there'll be much, like, much crazy adventures in the last two episodes we got. Who knows, Emily? They gotta end it well. I would like a reunion with Vicky, please. That's what I would really like. <laughs> or at least a letter from her. I would like a letter. Yes, I request a letter. Um, please. Yes. A letter from Vicky, please. That's what I would like. <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed this episode of Indiana Jones, you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts slash Google Play or something. I'm not sure what it, which one it is. Um, and uh, if you have any comments or things you'd like to share about this episode of Indy, you can leave a comment on SoundCloud or on Facebook. Just search All By The Popcorn and like our page. If you need notifications on future episodes coming out, you can follow our social media. We've got at, I mean, Twitter, at By the Popcorn. Mm-hmm. And we've got Instagram, at All By the Popcorn Podcast. And if you have any suggestions for uh, for future episodes, uh, what series do you want us to talk about next? We already have an idea. 
So, uh, yeah. of what's gonna, of what's gonna come up next. But, uh, if there's any series that you'd like us to talk about, maybe just in a little one-off episode, let us know. You can email us at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com or allbythepopcorn at gmail.com. There you go. that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.